1: All right, so I'm just going to jump right into it, right into it. It's the weekend, Friday night, 7 o'clock. The weather looks nice. Let's get this show on the road. Bill's at camp. Expectations on the mind for uh, this upcoming season, Eight oh three oh five fifty is the number. We will hear plenty of Bill's sound throughout the night, um, so prepare for that. Josh Allen. If you missed him on with one bills live earlier today, that was a good listen. A couple of other players spoke as well. So we will, uh, we'll hear a little, uh little bills training camp cocktail from a couple of the, uh, some of the players battling for some roster positions. And you know, that, that continues to happen. So we'll, we'll dive into that a lot. It's the nightcap with Joe DiBiase here on WGR. We're looking for your thoughts all night. And if you want to do that on the text line, you can do that at five fifty five fifty or on Twitter at sneaky Joe WGR. I got my coffee. I'm all ready to go. You know, Coffee at 7 o'clock is generally not a good idea, but I would say on a Friday, it's, it's accept- acceptable. You know, Friday night, you plan on going out a little bit later. Coffee at 7 o'clock, that, that, can, that can fuel you through at least like 1, 2 o'clock in the morning. And uh, and then you might crash at that point. But, I had to go with it. Now, changing creamer today. I'm going with Oreo creamer instead of uh, the the, uh, the classic Italian uh, sweet cream. That I generally uh, go to, being Italian, I have to kind of favor it a little bit. It's a like cannoli flavored or something, I don't know. So I'm switching to Oreo. So we'll see how the night goes. If this is a good show, then in uh, a good night, then maybe I'll have to uh, make that a permanent switch. Although I'm not really tasting the, uh, the cookies and cream, I gotta be honest. Like, I'm not really tasting it. Um... So, I'm reading Sal's uh, training camp notes from earlier, as I'm kind of doing. I'm not down at Bill's camp, although I'm thinking about going tomorrow, tomorrow morning, to see practice. Um, I'm going to Brews on the Water later. I'm excited for tomorrow. That could be a good day. Training camp in the morning. Brews on the Water at night. You can still get tickets for that, by the way, at WGR550.com or at BrewsOnTheWater.com. I will be there sampling some of of the great beers that they're going to have on tap. And... I'm thinking about going to training camp because, you know, I'm reading Sal stuff, and I, I kind of want to get a look at some of this stuff for myself. The cornerback battle is interesting to me. Offensive line is not really my forte, so I'm not sure how much attention I would pay to that, but it would be interesting to see who's lining up where. Running back, for sure, is like I want to see Devin Singletary on the field, and I want to see him consistently. Like, my eyeballs would be drawn to him because as I've laid out Plenty of times, and as I've mentioned, like I think he could be the player on the offense not named Josh Allen that could have the most star power or the most star potential on that offense. And, you know, running back's not, I guess, not really where you want to have that at that position. Unless you're investing in it where you invested in Singletary, and that's why I've always liked the idea of him. He could be great, and there's really no pressure I would think on him to be great, like there have been in the past. Spiller, a first-round pick. Lynch, a first-round pick. McGehee, a first-round pick. Right now, McCoy, trading a good young linebacker at the time, Kiko Alonso, and giving him a big contract. Those are four running backs you all invested heavily in. They had to be good. They had to be good to great. Especially nowadays. You draft a guy that high, they have to be great. And I really want to get a look at uh, Singletary, see what he's all about. Is that dynamic cutting ability really what it's being talked up to be? How does he look in shorts? Um, Because preseason is still a little bit away. So uh, I I might end up going down there to see some of that. And today, if you missed it, if you didn't read sales notes, go through a little of them here. McCoy, Gore, Singletary all get regular reps as the running backs with the first and the second team. So pretty clear early on in camp here that that group is ahead of the rest. And that makes it interesting for T.J. Yeldon in his role because I don't think he's a nothing signing. Like that was a veteran running back who had at least some sort of track record in the league. And he's also not that old. I think he's 25 years old, T.J. Yeldon. And we know he's the guy that catches the ball. Is he super dynamic? No, I've compared him to Fred Jackson as a pass catcher. Like, yeah, he's a good pass catcher, but he's not really the guy that you would expect like Tariq Cohen or Alvin Kamara or Darren Sproles even. He's not a guy that you dump it off to in a screen pass and you expect him to take it to the house. Now, he'll give you some efficiency, but he's not the, the home run hitter. And last year, 55 catches with Jacksonville, a team that does not throw the ball all that much. You could have thought to yourself, all right, he's going to have a role here. He does something that these other running backs do not do. And the other reason I want to get a look at Singletary is I think the most interesting question with him might not even be, is he ready to take over a starting running back spot? But is he ready to be... The running back that you can trust and that can give you a little something, something catching the football. Because as it stands today, that would be the thing Yeldon would be holding his ha- holding his hat on that he could get a roster spot with. Hey, I'm the I'm the most I'm the most complete pass catcher here. That's why you're going to keep me. And if Singletary, who did not do it almost at all in college, shows that he is capable of it, and he was just misused at Florida Atlantic, well, suddenly, I no longer have a need for TJ Yeldon. And maybe these first two days is a bit of some experimenting to see if that is a possibility. If, hey, we don't want to keep all four of these running backs. We're not going to have them all active on game days. So let's go right ahead and see what this backfield would look like as best we can in practices that don't have pads to what that backfield looks like When it is minus TJ Yeldon. Because he did not get any first or second team reps from what I've seen in the first two days. It was only McCoy, Gore, Singletary in that order. And I'm not really worried about the order. I would have expected it to go that way. McCoy first, Gore second, and Singletary third. Other interesting things from training camp today. Uh, Cody Ford, day two, two days in a row. The starting right tackle over Ty Seke. I wonder if that's going to keep up. I'd like to find a way to get Insecte in the starting offensive line group. I don't know if he'd have to play guard for that, or someone else would have to switch to guard. But I think he's one of their top. I think he's one of their best five offensive linemen, given what PFF has about him, the film that we've seen about him, um, that I've seen from him. And I would like to see a way to get him in the starting unit. And so far, Ford is the one that's been holding down that right job, and really no signs that Deion Dawkins is coming out of the left. So that happened on the offensive line. And then one more on, uh, on on training camp today. Receiver. Little odd. Little strange. Robert Foster not maybe getting all the starting role reps. Jones? Sure. Beasley? Yes. Brown? Yes. Andre Roberts? What? Andre Roberts getting f- some starting reps at wide receiver? Are you kidding me? Now, I'm not going to make a big deal out of it. It's a training camp practice. He's a veteran guy. Maybe part of them getting him here was hey, we'll give you a shot to play wide receiver. But if it doesn't work out, you're just going to be a strict return man. And I hope that's the case. Because this guy is in the league because of his return ability. Now, he used to be a pretty decent wide receiver. Like way back when, when he was in Arizona early in his career. Like, Looking at his numbers right now, he had 114 targets one season. Now he only had 64 catches, so that's not a very good percentage at all for 750 yards and 5 touchdowns. We're talking about that being his best year, and it was 7 years ago. And since then, further and further down, 43 catches, 36 catches, 11 catches, 14 catches, 1 catch in Atlanta, 10 catches last year. He's going to be the emergency receiver. That's what he should be. At best, Brandon Tate was that for the Bills a couple years ago. Remember Brandon Tate? He had that one Spinorama play that kind of went viral because he got the first down after making a six-spin move, and he goes to the sidelines, and the entire Bills uh, sideline is like jumping around him. It was a cool moment, but that's like the only moment Brandon Tate had as a receiver for the Bills. He maybe caught like one touchdown in in his maybe against Cincinnati once, but like that was it. And I'm thinking that's what Roberts maybe getting some starting reps is today. Hey, if you gotta play it, which might happen, because you'd be like the emergency guy. Let's let's see. Let's, let's 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 get you some work. Let's get you some work. Foster's got to get back in that rotation though. And I'm wondering about Duke Williams. Like, why is he here if you're not gonna give him a, any sort of opportunity? So I think he'll get an opportunity at some point. Maybe David Sills will too. But Duke Williams, especially because. I think, was it Sal, or maybe it was uh, Chris Brown in One Bill's Life, somebody was talking about Duke Williams, in that he doesn't really make a lot of sense to be a practice squad guy. He's a guy with pro experience, he's a little bit older, and typically I feel like you want to fill up your practice squad with players that you think will develop into something more. And... That could happen for Duke Williams, but I would want to think that that's less likely because of his age as opposed to a David Sills, for instance. Like, if it came down to those two, practice squad conversation, you go David Sills, I think. There's more development to be done there. And Williams, because he maybe presents a different type of receiver than they otherwise have, like the big body guy, but he's also not necessarily slow. Like, I don't think he's, like, he'd probably beat Calvin Benjamin in a race. I'd have to imagine, as would most wide receivers in the NFL. Preseason, he's another guy I'm keeping my eye on because, like Yeldon in a way, the way he gets onto the roster might be, hey, I do something you don't otherwise have. So maybe we'll see some reps, see an uptick for Duke Williams, or maybe we'll have to just see him in the preseason. But he's a guy I'm keeping my eye on uh, going forward. Anyways, I want to spend most of the night on Josh Allen and year two because this is typically the year that we've seen over and over and over again. Even with guys that weren't first-round picks. You could put Tyrod into, into this and even Fitz. Fitz less so. Fitz had a weird Bills career. like He was backup and then he was starting games. Oh, look at Fitz. And then he was a backup again and now he's starting. And oh, he's good and now he's got a contract. Like That was all over the place. But the rest of them, Lossman... Trent, EJ especially, even Tyrod, year one was, all right, there's some positives for each of them. Like, I remember conversations about Lossman and Trent and Tyrod and EJ. After year one, it sounded like the same thing, didn't it? It was... All right, they did this well. They did this well. Like they weren't that bad in their first year. So if they can fix this, this and this, well, now we have our franchise quarterback. Now we have our starting quarterback. And a lot of that talk has been the same on Josh Allen. I would want to differentiate him from the others just based on the fact that he is high he was drafted higher and based on the fact that he has more physical gifts than all of those other quarterbacks put together. So if he does get those things right, now, like now we're talking about a quarterback with more upside than the others that we've seen. Like Tyrod. Throw Everyone wanted to throw over the middle more. But then he did throw over the middle more and we were complaining about him not throwing deep. You want to know why? Because he was a limited quarterback. He was only so tall. Like He was always going to miss some routes over the middle of the field just based on the fact that he's not going to see as much over the offensive line. Like It's just simple logic. A 6'5 quarterback like Josh Allen, is going to see it all. A 5'11 quarterback, he might miss a thing here in two when he's looking over these 6'11", or not 6'11", but these 6' foot plus offensive linemen in front of him. And Allen doesn't have really any of those limitations I would think of except for the accuracy. But I think we've already covered that. Like, I... Cam Newton I think is the trajectory if that's going to succeed. And that doesn't need he doesn't need to be accurate. I think to be Cam Newton. Cam Newton is not an accurate quarterback. So what is year 2 need to look like? What does it have to look like? Cuz to me the rushing matters. I think that needs to stay somewhat the same. It doesn't have to be exactly the same. I don't need him to run for 600 yards and eight touchdowns again, but that needs to be a, a vital threat in this offense. The defenses has to worry have to worry about week in and week out. That could be the X factor that helps him really extend that that grace period that most quarterbacks don't have. Like Trent Edwards would have had that. Trent had to be a prolific passer to ever be the Bills' franchise quarterback. And the rushing not being there didn't really give him any leeway. Like, it was either going to happen or it wasn't going to happen. And then once we saw it wasn't going to happen, we all wanted him gone. And then the Bills kept him for an extra season after that. So, it took way too long. But, you know what I'm saying? I'm thinking Allen's rushing could buy him more time to develop as a passer. Which is a good thing. I think that happens all around the league. Like RG3's rookie season. If he would have stayed healthy. like He was never actually a great passer in that rookie season. But he got into the playoffs. He was a prolific rusher. Lamar Jackson, they're doing the same thing with him in Baltimore right now. If you strictly looked at his passing last season, I don't think he's as bad as most people made him out to be. He was certainly well below average. The rushing brought him to average. And Allen, the same thing. If you had just looked at his passing last year, sure, there were monster plays, there were big plays down the field a lot. But there were some major gaffes along the way. And a touchdown to inter- interception ratio that has more interceptions than touchdowns is about as bad as it gets in today's game. Like most there's few quarterbacks that even possess that capabilities. And the rushing kind of makes up for it all. So I need that to stay somewhat the same. The passing has to come along with it. And that includes Cole Beasley. Another thing that came out of practice today at camp was Thad Brown, I think mentioned this on One Bills Live. Beasley even talked about it that they're maybe not co- they're not on the same page yet. Allen missed a bunch of a, a couple throws at least. Looking at Beasley within 10 yards. And that is really the next step. If he shows the capability to make that pass on a regular, consistent basis. Like, I don't want to see, oh, he did—he threw it to Beasley here. Okay, over, f- over five or ten targets to Cole Beasley. How many are getting completed? That's what really matters. Sure, he can be accurate. But consistently accurate is what you need out of Josh Allen. On some level. And I'm talking mostly about the shorter stuff. Deep balls... Uh, 20, 30, 40 yards down the field, I would never expect a quarterback to be prolifically accurate in that in that range. Like You're going to have a lower completion percentage if you have a vertical style like that. But when we're talking about the shorter stuff, when we're talking about it's third and three, and you're going shotgun because that's what teams do in today's game. Is Allen, if he's not able to run, going to be able to hit that receiver for a five-yard out on the money every time? Because that could be the separation between him and what a real franchise quarterback looks like. Like That's something Patrick Mahomes does on a consistent basis. That is something Aaron Rodgers does on a consistent basis. And those are quarterbacks that... It's, it's almost like we don't want to compare Allen to them because that is such a high bar. But isn't that what we should be doing? Wasn't that part of the appeal of drafting him over the others? Like, why would you go Allen over Rosen? Why would you go Allen over over uh, or Darnold or Lamar Jackson? The biggest reason that we all talked about during that insanely long draft process where we talked about the quarterbacks for eight months was Allen's ceiling is higher than them because of his arm, because of his athleticism. And we've kind of swept that under the rug because I think we're afraid to... Hold him to that standard. But that's really what we should be doing. He should be... A top five quarterback. He should be. That arm... Those wheels... That size... That throwing motion... He should be a top five quarterback. And if he's not... And he's not going to be... He could still be the Bill's starting quarterback. He can still win games. He can still even be a franchise quarterback. But if he's not going to be a top five quarterback... There's going to be one major flaw in his game. And obviously, that looks like it's going to be accuracy early on. So that's kind of why I'm thinking about Beasley and the shorter, the the routes that are usually more accurate. Because if he does start to hit on those, then I don't know if everybody's going to be doing it, but I'm going to be starting to talk about Mahomes and Rogers. Rodgers. Because those are really the only two quarterbacks in the league that have athletic comparables, that are athletic comparables to Allen, with that arm. But he's obviously got to take that next step, and we'll never know. And the Mahomes thing is interesting because we'll never really know what Mahomes looked like, would have looked like in his rookie season. We don't know. Like it's hard to think he wouldn't have been at least very good, better than Allen was last year. Part of that is what was around him. An elite tight end. An elite deep threat receiver in Hill. Kelsey's the tight end, by the way, if you didn't realize. An amazing number two wide receiver in Sammy Watkins. Like, Sammy Watkins is an elite receiver, but as far as number two receivers go, it's about as good as it gets. An elite running back who led the league in rushing. An elite system run by Andy Reid. Like, he was probably going to be better than what Allen was in his rookie season. But we don't know that. So to me, to just discount that Allen's going to have this monster season, I'm not ready to do that. Because I think that is, in some ways, the bar. I think our bar should be higher for him because of why he was drafted where he was drafted. Why he was drafted over Josh Rosen, who, by the way, was the guy I wanted. Looking back, not not looking great. For sure. If you asked me that question again today, it would be Allen 10 times out of 10. But at the time, I wanted Rosen. Because I was terrified that Allen was going to be boom or bust. And I don't really know that we can say that he's not boom or bust yet. Anyways, there's another aspect of this that I want to look, like, look at. Historically, how do quarterbacks do in their second season? I've got a list of only 20 quarterbacks. Only 20? I think it's only 20. I think it should be more than that. But it's only 20 quarterbacks that have won 10 or more games in their second season in the NFL since the the millennium, since the year 2000. 20 quarterbacks have won 10 games in their second season. Because Bulldog had the conversation today on the afternoon show. What is the absolute ceiling for this team? He said 11 wins. I'm about at the same. 10-11 wins. And that's where the Bills should be. They should be expecting to be that good. I don't think they're going to be that good, but they should be expecting to be that good. I'll run through for you who those 20 quarterbacks are next, and we can kind of diagnose whether Allen is capable of joining a list like this. To the nightcap with Joe Biassi, I want your thoughts. 716-803-0550. Give me a call. We'll get you on right after the break here on WGR. I mean, I don't want to be Mr. Negative, but it's not saying much, you know. It's the best receiving core that uh, Trey White's face. I mean, he's right. Surprised he was as good as he was last year when he was preparing all offseason going against Kelvin Benjamin. He could have done it jogging. He could have been napping on the sidelines. He could have took a nap by the start of the play and by the end of the play woken up and still been covering uh Kelvin Benjamin. That wasn't very good. I could have done a lot better than that. Um Benjamin worked out for the Giants today by the way. How about that? I thought he that guy was never going to get a job in the league again. I mean, for a receiver to be that big and that slow, it just doesn't happen. And he's not even that physical. So it's not like I thought he could have played tight end. And this might be the only way he gets a job. This exact situation that's happening with the Giants. They don't have a good receiving core in the first place. They're all getting injured. Sterling Shepard, broken thumb, Corey Coleman, torn ACL. And Gettleman, the GM that I like to make fun of a lot because he is probably the funniest person in sports right now, I want him to be the New York Giants general manager forever, but I don't really think I'd ever want him to run my football team. He drafted Kelvin Benjamin. So it's like a perfect storm for Benjamin. It's a team that has injuries at receiver. They weren't very good at it in the first place. And it's the guy who drafted him. Like, this might be the only way he ends up getting a job. And they're only working him out. So we'll see if uh, he ends up landing with the uh, New York Giants. Maybe he'll play against the Bills in Week 2. And Trey White, he'll get another opportunity to uh, cover to cover Kelvin Benjamin and probably not break a sweat doing it. 803-0550 is the phone number. What do you think of Allen in Year 2? Where should we be setting the bar for him? I'm not okay with Trubisky as the bar. I am not okay with it. I, tr- I like Trubisky fine, but the appeal of Josh Allen when drafted was his ceiling was sky high. And it sounds like from the Bills, not not totally from the Bills, but just the, the environment around the Bills right now is, all right, let's expect improvement, but let's hope for an explosion. And to me, I think I should be expecting that, giant leap because that's the prospect you drafted if I wanted safe if I wanted modest improvement year after year if I wanted pretty good I thought I would have drafted Josh Rosen wasn't that the appeal of him but I didn't I went for the high ceiling I went for the guy that can throw the ball 85 yards like Rogers and Mahomes so why shouldn't I be I don't need to hold him to that bar yet but eventually I would want him to get there I want him to get there because, as I said, he's one of a select few that can throw the ball like he does. And if he can't do it on the same level that the other guys do it, well, then he's got a hole in his game. A big one. And like I said, last segment, he can have that big hole in his game, similar to what Cam Newton does. Cam Newton is not an accurate passer whatsoever. But, despite that, he's so good at everything else that he is still a franchise quarterback. Is he a superstar no, is he going to win the Super Bowl without the rest of the team being amazing? No, but like Panthers are set, and that could be Allen if his accuracy never gets better. He could be Cam Newton for sure. Eight oh three oh five fifty is the phone number, and I got a list of players for players of quarterbacks since the year two thousand that won ten or more games in their second year. It's not a long list, so I'll read through that, and we'll kind of. See whether we think Josh Allen is a uh, um, of that tier and can be in that group. Before that, though, I want your calls. eight zero three zero five fifty is the phone number. five fifty five fifty is the text line at Sneaky Joe WGR on Twitter. Let's go. How about Mike in Buffalo? Mike, what's up, man? You're on the nightcap.
2: Hey, Joe. Um, was just hearing your uh, that last bit of that, and
1: uh, I was wondering if you were excited at all for either Brown or Beasley to. Have a like a fifty sixty catch thousand yard season based on the way
2: the Bills run their offense. I'm not sure, but if I had to put my bet on it, it would be Brown.
1: I, I agree. I, I don't think they'll have the style of offense that Beasley can get those types of numbers. And actually, if you look at it, the Cowboys had the offense that was perfect for Beasley. Like Dak is, I don't want to call him Dink and Dunk, but he's there. It's certainly not a vertical offense. It's like it's run, it's play action, it slants over the middle, um, Dak extending plays with his legs. And it's not very vertical. And Beasley, even then, never really even came close to getting a thousand yards. I think he got to eight hundred once. So right. I, I don't think he has that upside, especially in this offense. So you ask an interesting question, though. I would want to say I'm more excited for John Brown because I think he would be the guy that can have that thousand-yard season, especially in this offense. But thousand-yard season in his career is. Carson Palmer, I mean, we got Josh Allen, but yeah. Yeah, and I think I'm more curious, though, about Beasley and just his utilization. Like, I kn- I think we p- we know they're going to use John Brown, um, but I don't think we can know that about Beasley.
2: Yeah, I thought
1: the same. Yeah, thanks for the call, man. Um, and that's a tough one, because they paid Beasley, so you want to think they're going to use him, and I would anticipate they're going to try to use him, but at the end of the day, it's going to be where the quarterback throws the football. And if he's looking down the field 95% of the time, Beasley's not going to get a lot of receptions. That's part of his development. That's part of whether he can look good enough in those other areas to where we can raise the bar from Trubisky to these elite quarterbacks that Allen possesses similar traits to. Let's go to Brad in Lackawanna. Brad, what's up, man? You're on the nightcap.
2: Hey, what's up, brother? How are you? Uh, Not too bad, not too bad. Um. I guess I had a little bit of an analytics question. Um, it's basically, you know, if our defense falls back into the top tier like they were last year in terms of ranking, and I know our offense is in the bottom tier, like if our offense can come in around, ranked in around like between 15, 18, do you think that would fall maybe into like the playoff?
1: I, I, th- for us? I think if you combine that with um, like a top five, top ten defense, like a really good defense with – that middle of the pack offense you're talking about I think that would be enough I'm looking at uh total offense last season let's see Houston was 15th they were a playoff team uh Seattle was 18th did they make it maybe they missed by a little but they were good um Minnesota 20th Chicago was actually 21st that's interesting so yeah like those those teams there like there's a couple playoff teams in there But you have to have the good defense if you're not going to be better than like 15th, I think.
2: Yeah, because I I know our uh, schedule is looking real favorable this year,
0: I thought.
1: I agree. Yeah, definitely. If you look, I keep saying it, and I will continue to. Thank you for the call, Brad. If you look at the quarterbacks the Bills play, they should make the playoffs this season. They play maybe three of the top ten quarterbacks in the league. They play Brady, they play Roethlisberger, they play Wentz, and Mayfield. Am I ready to put Mayfield in the top ten? I think I would, but maybe not everybody would. So, look at all those guys you don't play. You don't play Mahomes. You don't play... Um, I almost said Goff. I don't know why I can't think of anyone. The Goff is certainly not the second best quarterback in, in football. I don't know why I thought of him. But you don't play Wilson. You don't play Luck. You don't play these elite quarterbacks. Rodgers. Rivers. Cam, Breeze, Matt Ryan. They don't play them. They play a bunch of young guys. And that's going to be part of how easy their schedule is. Now, that that leaves it open to their schedule being more difficult than than you would look at it right now. You look at their schedule today, and it's pretty easy. But it goes both ways. They play a lot of young quarterbacks. Yes, that could be a great thing, especially Sean McDermott. You would think he would figure out a way with how good their defense has been to just dominate those young quarterbacks. But if Darnold takes a big leap forward, that's two pretty hard games all of a sudden. If Mayfield takes the leap forward that we all expect him to and that he doesn't... Honestly, he was already really good. That's a hard game. It's probably going to be a hard game. If Lamar Jackson takes a big step forward as a passer, suddenly the Baltimore game is a lot more difficult. This one's probably a stretch, but if Josh Rosen took a big step forward. Miami, suddenly not a walkover. you would still probably be favored, but not a walkover anymore. It's not Fitz throwing five interceptions, possibly. So, and then there's the rookies. The rookies I'm not as worried about, like Daniel Jones. I mean, did you see the highlight of him today? Just unbelievable. I'm so happy that that guy is not my quarterback and that they're not – I'm not the Giants right now. I I just I, – I would be blo- – Oh. I would be banging my head against the wall every day if I was in here talking about the New York Giants. Everything that they're doing is just seemingly bad and what the opposite of what they should be doing. Barkley second overall, the running back, investing that in a running back. I would be it would be driving me nuts. Drafting the quarterback that some people didn't even have in the second third round. Sixth overall. The quarterback who is ranked lower in Madden. I know it's only Madden. Then Tyree Jackson, an undrafted guy. And that's the highlight today of them. I didn't mean to get on a Giants tangent here, but the highlight today of Daniel Jones is he drops back to pass, he throws like a three four yard out route, and it sails over the receiver's head. Way over his head. It wasn't even close. It, was, it, it rivals E.J. Manuel throwing it into a hospitality tent. Like, that's where the Giants are right now. So, all that being said, the point of that little ramble there was, I'm not too worried about this year's crop of quarterbacks that the Bills will probably play or could play which would be Daniel Jones in Week 2, could be Dwayne Haskins in the middle of the season, and could be Drew Locke towards the end. Those guys I'm not too worried about, but you never know with those second-year quarterbacks. We all want to see that step from Allen. Baltimore is saying the same thing right now about Jackson. The Jets are saying the same thing about Darnold, and maybe Miami is saying something similar about Rosen, although it's an odd situation, so I'm not really sure. Eight zero three zero five fifty is the phone number. Tom and Lockport's on the nightcap. Tom, what's up, man? Hey, how you doing, man? Good.
2: Hey, no, I I, I, I love your show, first of all. Thank you. Appreciate that. And, uh, I've been, uh, I'm all in. You know, I'm all in. It's, it's where we are here at training camp time, and everybody, uh, you know, go Bills. And, you know, looking at the schedule when it came out, I'm like, the first three games, we should be 3-0. and You know, yes. Chest, they got Mosley, they got Bell and stuff, and Donald and everything like that. Giants, you know,
1: they should certainly beat the Giants. If they don't beat the Giants, I'm going to be you're you're going to hear that week, and I'm not going to be a happy camper. Yeah. That that team is just, just such a joke to me that I, I they have to win that game, especially.
2: And Cincinnati at home home opener, those are three winnable games that we should be three and zero. Josh looked, he took. He took a turn, you know, from when he got hurt. He looked, he looked great. Yeah, he's he's still going to make the mistakes, and you see, he's still so young, you know. And 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 I hate seeing that, and 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 I want to give him, you know, because we did it with Trent and JP Lawson that been there, done that, you know, that we always give excuses. Mm-hmm. But but when you draft a guy that high and and you and you do that in your upper executives, you know, trading twenty one, twenty three, you know, to go get the guy, you're invested in him. So my question to you is if for whatever reason, because I love Sean McDermott, I love his whole philosophy of what he's tried to change. And he, he definitely has say for whatever reason, if there's an injury and I hope I, I don't want to say that, Josh gets injured for whatever reason because no matter what, he's still gonna he's still gonna go back to his meat and potato is he's gonna check his reach down and he's gonna run. If for whatever reason we end up seven and nine, six and ten, do you do you think would they change the coaching
1: situation? with with, with a quarterback injury? Yeah. I, I don't think so. I would you would I think you'd be hard pressed to get me to say that if Allen's healthy all year and they go 6 or 7 wins that they're going to make changes i think they would certainly be on the hot seat and they should be on the hot seat and on a tight rope going into the next year if they have that season but especially if your quarterback gets injured it's not a complete you know clean you like you don't get a complete clean slate there but i'm thinking about San Francisco for this and Kyle Shanahan like if you look at his record they've been dreadful the first two seasons but he almost got a pass last year and i think deservedly so because the guy he got is their franchise quarterback. Well, how can you really judge the coach when the, his plan to be good? They never got a chance to see it because Garoppolo got hurt. And I think if something similar here happened with Allen, um, mm. then I, I, I don't think you can. I definitely don't think you make that change after this season. No, definitely not.
2: And I totally agree. With, I mean, Josh, when he came out, his his upside out of all the other quarterbacks that were drafted, his upside is. Is amazing because, of course, he has the arm. But I'm just his you know, when you draft a quarterback, when your biggest knock is your accuracy, that's a problem, you know what I mean. And to me, and, and when you draft a quarterback and then you pull up, oh, yeah, he's great, you know, he can do this, but I mean, accuracy it's tough to change. I mean, I know that he was working with Jordan Palmer on. Anticipation, you know mm-hmm. things, you know over that. But I, I mean, totally love the guy. I'm, I'm all in. I wish him the best. But now we're on day two. Slot receiver Cole Beasley, he's having issues doing that same thing that they back on him. You know, doing. You know, we need you to throw the ball and be accurate on your slant. And, and and we spent a lot of money on, on Cole and, and Cole loves it here.
1: Yeah. Hey, hey Tom, I gotta I gotta run here. Thanks for the call, man. Um but like I think I think most Bills fans should be where you are. And I think that's where I've landed. Of course, rooting for Josh Allen to be the franchise quarterback. And after last year, it is absolutely right and fair to be optimistic. But there's a reason. There is a reason that A lot of people around the league and a lot of people that cover the sport are hesitant to anoint him, are hesitant to crown him as a sure thing. He's not a sure thing. The accuracy issue is important. And I don't know. I, I just think this year, like this might be the year. For him. Because, like, this is the year where we'll find out what we've got. And it could be all over the place. If he's terrible, we might already have to start thinking about our next thing. Like, he would have to be, I think, really bad for that to happen, but that's possible. He could be pretty good. And then I'm going to probably think that we've got the next Andy Dalton, Joe Flacco. You know, not the same stylistic player, but a middle-tier quarterback in the league. If he's phenomenal, which is certainly... It's realistic, to say the least. If he's phenomenal, then we're we're right back to thinking sky's the limit, and that's I think where we want to be. Eight oh three oh five fifty is the phone number. We'll t- continue to take more of your calls after the break. Um, and I got to get to that list. I'll give you that list of the twenty quarterbacks that have won ten or more in their second season since the year two thousands. I, I it's not. There's some names on here that like you Allen should be able to or it's at least realistic to think he could join this list. It's the Nightcap with Joe DiBiase here on WGR. Spit it out, Jerry. Whew. Man, Jerry Jones with all those uhs. says, uh, a lot. Ezekiel Elliott, not at Cowboys training camp to start. All these running backs, they want to get paid. I get it. I just don't want my team doing it. Which is why I hope the Cowboys do it, because I think it'll, it's not the smartest thing to do. I think they're going to do it anyway. Like if they're going to pay, if they're only going to pay two of the three big guys that are looking for contracts there, I think it's deck. Wow, well, I, I don't know though. They traded two first round picks for Amari Cooper. They're not going to let that walk out the door. They're such an interesting case because ideally, I would say pay the quarterback and the receiver. Never pay the running back. But almost never pay the running back. There, I don't like the quarterback though like I would not give him what what is he gonna get is he gonna get 30 million a year like that's the next round of quarterback extensions you're gonna see you're gonna see 30 million dollar quarterbacks even if it's 25 plus am I giving Dak Prescott that I I don't see a player there that I see I, I made this comparison last night I don't see Russell Wilson Russell Wilson the Seahawks stripped it down around Russell Wilson they paid him the offensive line became dog poop like it's terrible the defense took a hit like they got rid of the legion of boom they've been cycling in running backs every like every year is a different guy it was eddie lacy then it was chris carson they drafted rashad penny it's a complete cycle there doug baldwin's like their only consistent weapon that they've had tyler lockett's good but he hasn't stayed healthy and tight end like whatever like they have not had pieces around russell wilson but where's seattle been at least playoff contention every single year. Why? Because he's one of the best quarterbacks in football. He makes he lifts everything up around him. And I just don't see that out of Dak. I think if you took if you took Amari Cooper and Ezekiel Elliott away from him and you made the offensive line average instead of amazing, I think the Cowboys are a bad team. I don't think he's going to make that team run by himself. I think every he's the type of quarterback, like, what is this, maybe half the quarterbacks in the league? He needs everything around him to be perfect if you want to win the Super Bowl. I think that's what the Cowboys are with Dak Prescott. Everything else needs to be perfect or they're not winning a Super Bowl. They can make it to the playoffs. They can win a playoff game. I don't think they're winning a Super Bowl unless their defense is great, their run game is great, and they've got a plethora of weapons around Dak Prescott. So in this case, I don't really know what I would do if I'm Dallas. I would certainly pay Amari Cooper. Um... And I guess I would pay Dak, but as I just laid out there, I I think I I should want to do better than that as my franchise quarterback. That would be settling. That's the Dalton contract from Cincinnati. That was when Miami paid Tannehill. That was when Baltimore paid Flacco. That was a little different because he had just won the Super Bowl. But that's a middle-tier quarterback that you think, all right, he's good enough, so we're just going to go ahead and do it because we don't want to start from scratch. Teams are afraid to start from scratch. Tickets. Merchandise. Prime time games, but I think that's the football wise the smartest move to do. Like if Allen becomes Dak Prescott, and he is like the 16th best quarterback in the league, the 15th best quarterback in the league, I'm gonna want them to do. I'm gonna want them to start over. I'm not gonna want to pay him. That might not be a popular opinion, but I think that's where I'm gonna end up if that happens. I I'm expecting or I'm hoping he's gonna be better than that. Obviously. I still didn't get to this list. I'm going to get to this list, I promise. The 20 quarterbacks that had 10 or more wins. We'll do it right after the break, I promise. Tonight, cap with Jody Biasi. Hour 2. We still have yet to hear from Josh Allen and Sean McDermott. We'll hear some from them in the next hour as well. Stay tuned here on WGR. All right, I said I'd get right to it. So, let's get right to it. We're going to hear from Sean McDermott and Josh Allen in this hour. They were both on the station earlier today. Some good stuff from them in day two of Bill's training camp. Quarterbacks since the year 2000 to win 10 or more games in their second season. We've talked plenty about Bill's expectations this season and what we need to see from Josh Allen, right? And... 10 wins seems to be a pretty optimistic look at it, but it's also something that I think the Bills should be expecting to be. I think they should should expect this season is the year they're 10 wins. Three years ago, they show up. If they were going to project out, hey, when are we a playoff team? This is the year. You break it down in year one. You get your quarterback. You get him right in year two. Year three, go time. Let's go. And that's what this season is. And even though I don't think they're a 10-win team, I think they're more like an 8-win team. Um, that's within the margin of error and with an easy schedule, they can certainly do that. So the 20 quarterbacks since the year 2000 that have managed to win 10 or more games in their second year, which is what we got in Josh Allen. There's not a lot. There's, there's some names on here that are not that good. So there are some names Josh Allen, I think should have a better career than. And we're going to start right there. Number 20 is Christian Ponder, who was bad and he won 10 games in his second season. Sean King with the Buccaneers in 2000, won 10 games. Josh Freeman in 2010 with Tampa. He was good that year, too, like 3,500 yards, 25 touchdowns. If I ask this question, you'd all probably get mad at me, but the stats would line up. Like You would get mad at me because you would want to say yes. If I asked you, would you take Josh Freeman's second season as Josh Allen's second season? That sounds insane, because Josh Freeman was bad. But his second year, like, if I told you right now, 61% completion percentage, 25 touchdowns, 6 interceptions, 3,500 yards, I I think I'd take that from Allen, especially the 6 interception part. So he won 10 games, especially the 10-win part. I'll throw that in there, too. I'll make everyone on Twitter mad in a second. Andy Dalton, 2012, he won 10 games in his second year. Derek Anderson, how about that? 2007, his second year, despite the fact that he was a sixth-round pick. There are actually, uh, funny enough, three sixth-round picks on this list. A couple of second-round picks, and the rest are first. And there's one-third. Carson Wentz had 11 wins in his second year. Not only did he have 11 wins, he only had two losses. He got hurt, of course. They went on to win the Super Bowl. Um, I'd take Wentz's second year, obviously, for Allen, but... Like In total, if Allen put up the numbers Wentz did in 13 games, but in 16, we'd obviously take it. 3,300 yards, 33 touchdowns, 11 wins, done. Uh, Deshaun Watson won 11 games in his second year, which was last season for the Texans. Mitch Trubisky, who the Bills, or who we all compare, uh, who I compare Allen to Trubisky a lot. Uh, Trubisky had 11 wins. Mark Sanchez had 11 wins. I think we want better than that, but he was a fifth overall pick. And that was the year... No, that was not the year. He was pretty good. There was one year he had some pretty good stats. That year was not it. Seventeen touchdowns. No, we need. I think we need better than that. Carson Palmer had eleven wins in his second year. Two thousand five. Donovan McNabb had two. Had eleven wins in his second year. Two thousand. It's a long time ago. Eli Manning. My boy. Not really. I think he's the most overrated quarterback in NFL history. He had eleven wins in two thousand five. His second season. Bunch of number one overall picks in a row here. He had Palmer a second ago, Eli, Andrew Luck, number one overall pick. He had 11 wins in his second year. 23 touchdowns, 9 interceptions, 3,800 yards. Sign me up for Allen for that. Jared Goff, last season, two seasons ago. 11-4 and in his second year. Big step forward after an awful rookie season. Like His rookie season was dramatically worse than what Josh Allen's was. I would take golf season for Allen. Dante Culpepper in 2000. Don't remember it, but he had 11 wins in his second year. Teddy Bridgewater had 11 wins in his second season for the Minnesota Vikings. Is that the year 2015? Is that the year that uh, Blair Walsh misses the 20-whatever-yard field goal in a college football stadium in an NFL playoff game? Did that happen? It was like five degrees. Remember that one? Tom Brady, fourth. He went 11 and 3 in his second year, 2001. Bledsoe is still there. He plays a lot enough games to get 11 wins in at least. Mahomes last season went 12 and 4. That was his second year. It's kind of his quasi rookie year though, so that one hardly counts. I mean, he played one game in his first year, uh, but it counts nonetheless. Another name you might have not have heard in a long time. Mark Bulger had 12 wins in his second season. Another sixth-round pick. So how about that? The top 20 second sophomore year, the top 20 sophomore seasons for quarterbacks since 2000. Three of them are sixths. Bulger was a sixth-round pick. Brady was a sixth-round pick. Derek Anderson was a sixth-round pick. And number one on this list is Russell Wilson, who had 13 wins in his second year. Even though he didn't throw the ball a ton. I mean, he only threw the ball 400 times. 3,300 yards, 26 touchdowns, 9 picks. That could be a good comparable for Allen's second year even. Like, that's not insane. That's not the Russell Wilson we know today. That was, we're going to run the football, and we're going to have the best defense the NFL's seen in 20 years. Like, that was that Russell Wilson. Bills don't quite have that defense, but I could sign up for those stats too. So that was that, that's your list. Your 20 quarterbacks that won at least... 10 games in their second year which should be I think the baseline for what the Bills want this year. Not what they need, but what they should want. Um other quarterbacks that just missed out on that list Ben Roethlisberger went 9 and 3 in his second year, Matt Ryan went 9 and 5. Uh Nick Foles went 8 and 2. He had 27 touchdowns and two picks. Remember that season? Nick Foles was like the best quarterback in football. I guess it's not too weird. He won the Super Bowl MVP two years ago. Um, Jameis Winston went 9-7. and seven. Dak Prescott went 9-7. and seven. Flacco went 9-7. and seven. Kyle Bowler went 9-7, and seven, who Allen got compared to a lot. That was one of the the, the, the people that didn't think Allen was going to be good compared him to Kyle Bowler. Um, man, he was not good that year either. 13 touchdowns, 11 picks. So all I'm saying is, I guess, overall point here is the bar is high, but it, he can meet it. He should be able to meet it. A list that involves Christian Ponder and Josh Freeman. Allen can do that. Freeman, I'm going to ask that question. I wonder what people are going to say. 20, what happened to him? I know he he fizzled out pretty quickly after, but like that was a solid season. 3,400 yards and 25 touchdowns. And a 10-6 and 6 record. The next year, more picks than touchdowns. That's rough. The next year, a little bit of a bounce back for sure. Four thousand yards, twenty-seven touchdowns, seventeen picks, and then the year after, he plays four games and he's he's done. He's toast. It's an odd career that Josh Freeman had. So obviously, you would hope for more uh, out of Josh Allen, but it's hard to say that. Uh, it's hard to say that it's definitely going to happen. As I've said before, he's not really a sure thing. All right, I'll take a timeout a little bit early here because we're going to get Josh Allen in the next segment, and then we're going to hear from Sean McDermott thereafter. So stay tuned for the Bills quarterback and for the Bills coach. We'll still take your calls, of course, at 803-0550. It's the Nightcap with Joe DiBiase here on WGR. All right, welcome back to the Nightcap. We're going to get to Josh Allen in uh, just a second here. Just a second. I I'm. I think I'm going to end up going to camp tomorrow. So I'm likely going to be down there checking things out, seeing what's up with Devin Singletary, a player I'm very excited to see more about. Because what's interesting about him is while I'm excited for him and I'm excited the Bills drafted him in the third round, thinking back to the pre-draft process and the running backs I was thinking about, he was really not on my radar in terms of, like, the top guys I was thinking about. Like, Daryl Henderson was the guy. Like, I wanted the Bills to draft him. He was not the top running back. You wouldn't have had to spend an early pick on him, but he was dynamic, and he was versatile, and he was a guy you could get in the second, late second, or third round. And the Bills didn't end up getting him. The Rams did, and, like, fantasy-wise, I'm thinking, man, I wish I had him places. Like, he, I think that could be amazing. Now, Gurley is there, and it's almost like the opposite thinking like most people are thinking about Henderson being a hindrance to Gurley's fantasy value I'm thinking of it the other way like in a dynasty league Daryl Henderson should be the player I want more than anybody because of the offense and because of his talent level but Gurley's there and that's going to eat into his touches for years to come probably like they cannot get out of that contract and that's part of the reason you don't pay running backs Is there a contract anyone in the league would want out of more than the Rams with Todd Gurley? There probably is, but they can't get out of it. And he's a running back. He's got an arthritic knee. They can't even use him like they would want to use a guy they pay that much. Like Part of the reason you would pay a running back that much money is, all right, now I don't have to worry about who the backup is. But the Rams are sitting here paying him all this money, and they have to worry about who else is going to be on the field. And C.J. Anderson comes off his couch last year and gives him the same production that Gurley did. So that's just why you can't pay running backs. You can't do it. And teams around the league are starting to wise up a little bit. The Steelers didn't do it. I don't think the Chargers are going to end up doing it. They're holding firm with Melvin Gordon. The Cowboys are the one I don't think would do it. I think they will pay Ezekiel Elliott. I don't think they will go into the season uh, without having him on the team. And the Bills with McCoy, and like in the past, I just hope that this is like the dawn of a new day. That finally, after years and years and years of the running back being the star of the offense, the star attraction, that that's done. That's over with. He's no longer our star, our superstar. He's no longer our highest paid player on offense. We're going to build around the quarterback and not the running game. And today's comment from Sean McDermott, I mean, I if I took it at face value, I would tell you that, I, that this is not the guy I want as my head coach. Just because of that mindset. Thinking about the weather at all for how to run your offense is insanity. It is... In, it boggles my mind that anybody might still think that way. That the weather here in Buffalo, when, by the way, we've had, really we've only had like one or two snow games in like the last decade. It's cold, but it's not like you're playing through the snow every single game. The fact that you would build your offense based on that is just mind-blowing. But I think that might just, that comment might just, you'll hear him talk about it with uh, Howard and Jeremy in a, in a few minutes. But I think that might just be a product of, hey, we don't know what the quarterback is. And until we know what we've got in Josh Allen and before we know that we can really spread it out, then we have to talk up the run game because otherwise what do we got on offense? Maybe that's what that is. Where we're talking about how good the running game is going to be because we are not yet confident that the passing game will take that next step. And I'm hoping that that's all that is, because if Josh Allen becomes a great quarterback and the Bills are running the football more than half the league, I'm going to be going crazy in here. I'm going to be going crazy. Anyways, speaking of Josh Allen, if you missed his interview earlier with One Bills Live, some really good stuff from him. And then McDermott after that. Stay tuned for McDermott, because there was some good stuff in there other than just the comment about the weather and running the football and being tough. But uh, first, Bills quarterback Josh Allen on with One Bills Live earlier today.